You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site and the fan side of network. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, and a not-so-happy post-game podcast. The Timberwolves lost the Mavs on Tuesday by 12, and that's the end of the Wolves' four-game winning streak. A disappointing loss against a really shorthanded Mavericks team. Of course, the Wolves were also shorthanded. We'll break it all down here in just a minute. Uh, we'll do key takeaways, individual studs and duds. It's all upcoming on the show. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms. That, of course, includes YouTube now, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, pretty much anywhere you want to listen and subscribe. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon, which is my account with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So the Wolves come into this game. In Dallas on Tuesday, having just beat the Mavs at home by six on Sunday, of course, winning four straight. Also, uh, having five players missing, really five rotation players or, or five players, usually four that are in the rotation out due to health and safety protocols. Uh, this was a, a yet another game missed by Anthony Edwards, Torian Prince, and Josh Kogi. But since Sunday's win over the Mavs, both uh, both Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt entered health and safety protocols and therefore were unavailable. Since Sunday, the Mavericks found out they wouldn't have Maxi Kleba, who also entered health and safety protocols. And Chris Epps Porzingis, who played 20-ish minutes in Sunday's game against the Wolves, hurt his foot or his toe, I guess, and and was questionable, but did miss Tuesday's game. So both of these teams were missing a couple of additional key players from their rotation that played in Sunday's game. And it was just unbelievable. Both teams signed a bunch of guys, uh, brought guys in, 10-day contracts. The Wolves didn't actually use anybody um, except for Nathan Knight, who's of course a two-way player, but they they didn't use either of their their ten-day contract guys, Chris Silva or Rajon Tucker, who signed last night after I'd recorded the Tuesday podcast. Um, and they uh, so they didn't use or they didn't use McKinley Wright either, the other two-way player. So it was really only Nathan Knight. The Mavs, on the other hand, they just signed Marquise Chris uh, today, or I should say on Tuesday. And he played 16 minutes and actually played really well for them. Um, so this was just a really weird. Both teams essentially were missing four to five rotation guys, uh, you know, half of their rotation. And the Mavs were missing their best player, Luka Doncic. The Wolves were missing their, depending on how you feel about best player rankings, the second or third best player, Anthony Edwards, was missing for Minnesota. So the Mavs ended up being favored, I think, by a point and a half on betonline.ag. This was a game, I was actually a little surprised the Mavs were favored, given how well the Wolves were playing and the fact that they had Carl Anthony Towns. Turns out Vegas was right, betonline.ag was right. The Mavs did. I mean, I think I don't look at this quickly off the top here. I want to say I don't. I don't want to look at this and say this is a horrible loss. The Mavs were super shorthanded. Well, I mean, so are the Wolves, and I get that the Mavs didn't have Doncic. The Wolves had Towns, but we've seen over the years just how important having those second tier starters, those guys who are really good defenders that can do stuff. The Wolves haven't had a Jared Van- Vanderbilt or a Patrick Beverly in the past. They've got both of them, and they're both suddenly just gone. Uh, just, you know, play a bunch of minutes on Sunday. Vando led the team in minutes on Sunday, and they're both just not available Tuesday. That matters, and I think we have to factor that in. There's a reason the Mavs were favored in this game, right? I, I mean, Vegas is usually pretty on point with these things. So 
I don't think we can sit here and say this is a horrible loss for the Timberwolves. It's obviously disappointing and to lose by double digits, to waste a really good Carl Anthony Towns game. But I also think we can look at it and be pretty, it's pretty clear why they lost. And we're going to get into that. Um, this was a close game early. It was all offense. Neither team was particularly interested in playing defense early. The Wolves were actually up one at the end of the first quarter. And there were plenty of lead changes throughout, even even as we got into the second half after the Mavs had already built a couple of different double-digit leads. But early in the game, there was just really no defense at all. It was a track meet. Um, Carl Anthony Towns was a monster. He scored the first, I think, seven points for the Wolves in a variety of ways. He got to the free throw line. He had and ones. He made three-pointers. He had a monster dunk uh, in the first couple of minutes of the game on a pump fake outside the arc, straight line drive to the rim, jump from foot just inside the, the dotted line, uh, just below the free throw line. Um, and then the second unit came into the game and really kind of struggled for Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell was, was his jumper was off, which became a theme. We'll talk a lot more about that later, but early in the game, he really struggled even with open shot attempts. Um, the starting lineup, by the way, the Timberwolves, I wrote about this at Dunkin' with Wolves. I thought they might try Balmaro and Jade McDaniels in the starting lineup, replacing Beverly and, uh, Vanderbilt. And of course, with Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley started for the third consecutive game. That's exactly what they did, but Balmaro didn't get off the bench in the second half. And the Wolves actually started the second half with Nas Reed on the floor in place of Balmaro. So they decided to go really big. And the Mavs responded by um, by just playing a small, essentially a small on, on Nas. And predictably, the Wolves didn't try and take advantage of that. And I get it because Nas isn't, he's not, he's a good post-up player. But with Towns on the floor, they were so focused on getting the ball to Towns and getting it to him in an advantageous position. Um, and... They finally did it, right? Like Towns was great in the first quarter. He had a double-double by halftime, but they kind of went away from using Towns in in smart ways in the middle portion of the game, really the second quarter. Third quarter, the Wolves got him a couple catches near the free throw line. They got him a couple catches uh, on the perimeter where he could he could face up and go to work. But then they were still giving him these post touches in the mid post where teams are on the side of the floor where teams are just doubling him. And there were a couple of instances in this game where, it, you know, it's it's and and I, you know, I don't know if we give Anthony Edwards all the credit or not. But since Ant spoke out a couple of weeks ago, 10 days ago or so about, hey, we tell Cat he's got to go quick, uh, you know, against the double teams before they get there. Well, he did that a couple of times. He spun baseline and beat a double team as the double was still coming from the middle of the floor and got a nice bucket early in the third quarter. There were a couple of instances of that. And generally speaking, Towns had a fantastic game, first quarter, third quarter, especially. But, and we'll talk about this here in a minute. He only attempted 14 shots in 38 minutes. In a game with no Anthony Edwards, your best player was third in field goal attempts. Can't happen. It just can't happen. Uh, but credit to the Mavs, their defensive strategy, they did enough to, to, to deny Towns the ball. They also did a great job on the perimeter against D'Angelo Russell. They did okay against Malik Beasley, against the Wolves' second unit. They made life really difficult for the Wolves' reserves, who really struggled in this game. Um, Jalen Noel didn't get as many opportunities, didn't really get going, wasn't quite as good in this game. Jordan McLaughlin was pretty quiet when he got his minutes. Um, the Mavs built a 17-point lead in the in the third quarter. Then the Wolves go on a 13 nothing run to pull within four points. The Mavs turned right around on a 9-0 run of their own, and at that point, it was basically over. Minnesota kept it close midway through the fourth quarter. Um, and Nathan Knight played really well late in this game. And then the Wolves went for this big lineup with Nas at the four and uh, and Cat at the five to this really small lineup, kind of middle of the fourth, trying to get back into it. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel. So Beasley and Noel on the floor together and Jade McDaniels at the four. And Chris Finch has not played Jade McDaniels at the four very often at all in his tenure in Minnesota over the past, you know, dating back to last season. 
but they gave that a shot and it didn't, it didn't work either. Um, and, uh, and the wolves just could not find the right lineup combination. So ultimately they lose by 12. It was a little closer than that. Again, there were plenty of lead changes, but, but Dallas kind of in the fourth quarter, they, they kind of kept the wolves at arm's length for much of it. And it never really felt like, I mean, even, even after that 13 0 run in the third quarter, um, it, it just really didn't feel like this was a game that the Wolves ever really had a good feel for, for in general, right? They just, there were a lot of things that weren't clicking. And we're going to get into that here in just a minute. I want to hit key takeaways from this one before we do individual studs and duds. So we're going to get to that here next. First though, let's talk about our friends over at Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James, King James sleep? That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I could do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash lockdown NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes like the ones that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditation so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash lockdown NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash lockdownNBA. That's calm.com slash lockdownNBA. All right, let's talk key takeaways. So number one, we we said this after the game Sunday. So this would have been Monday's podcast, the post-game pod from Sunday night, the win over the Mavs, that the Wolves... uh, they did a really good job against Dallas in terms of getting enough second chance opportunities, getting out in transition enough. The Mavs turned the ball over the least of any team in the league. The Wolves turned their opponents over the most, right? So the Wolves have the highest opponent turnover percentage, which is a good thing. The Mavs had the lowest turnover percentage themselves, which is obviously good for them. Something had to give. And in this game, the Wolves only managed to turn Dallas over 10 times. I believe second chance points. I think they had like two buckets uh, in second chance points. Uh, or excuse me, fast break points, uh, which which is essentially in in most cases points off turnovers or fast break points off of defensive rebounds. Minnesota was limited there, and, and not having Anthony Edwards makes a big deal, a uh, big difference there, and also Patrick Beverly uh, to some extent, and really Jared Vanderbilt too. Uh, all those guys are good in in the category of securing defensive rebounds, getting out in transition, or and then obviously committee or uh, sorry, I should say creating turnovers. Beverly and Vanderbilt especially are so good at that, at steals, at blocks, at just deflections, um, at, at disrupting things defensively. And, and that, of course, then directly leads to fast breaks. And that was missing. Um, and, and we'll get into def- the defense specifically here in a second. But the lack of forced turnovers, the lack of offensive rebounds, the Wolves had nine offensive rebounds, but like three of them were on one possession to Nathan Knight. And um, 
I mean, I think only two actually led to baskets. I think the Wolves had two, maybe three second chance buckets in this game. And that's another category where both Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, I know Patrick Beverly's a guard, but he's a really good rebounding guard. Not having him matters. There's a drop off. Uh, and and by the way, DeAndre Russell, who's generally a decent rebounding guard, had one rebound in 36 minutes in this game, which is is not what you need ever, but especially not when there's when, when there's no Patrick Beverly and there's no Jared Vanderbilt. You need him to get more than one rebound. And that uh, unfortunately did not happen for the Wolves in this game. So lack of forced turnovers, so lack of steals, lack of offensive rebounds. The Wolves were not shooting well enough in, uh, in from the rest of the floor or in the rest of the area, from anywhere else on the floor, really, to make up for the lack of second chance points, to make up for the lack of fast break points, to make up for the lack of forced turnovers on the Mavericks. Um, they only shot 32.5% from three. They were 45.6% from the field, but um, it just, the offense never clicked well enough. I mean, they scored 102 points, but it never quick, clicked well enough to overcome those issues uh, that they, they can't afford to have those gaps, especially against a depleted Mavericks rotation as well. The second key takeaway for me is is the defense as a whole, but I thought to me it was more the defensive communication than anything else. I thought the Wolves, for the most part, played hard. Um, they did get, you know, five block shots and, and Towns was actually pretty good in the paint. Nathan Knight was impressive. He had a couple of really good possessions where he was guarding in the perimeter. He had, he had, a he blocked Boban at one point, Boban Marjanovic. Um, I thought both Nathan Knight and Carl Thady Towns played well. It was point of attack defense struggled the most. So D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, who had improved a little this year, struggled. Jordan McLaughlin struggled when he got him, his minutes. Jalen Noel struggled. Point of attack defense was not good. And the overall defensive communication, there were some issues again with the low man being in the right spot. Um, some of those things cropped up in this game and you lose your best defensive communicator. One of the best defensive communicators in the league in Patrick Beverly, that really matters. You miss, uh, one of the best defenders in the league in Patrick Beverly and somebody who's rapidly becoming one of the best defenders in the league and a very good rebounder in Jared Vanderbilt that matters as well. Um, and so the, you know, no Beverly, no Vanderbilt, that's going to tank your defensive communication very quickly. And unfortunately, you know, Russell, who's usually pretty good in terms of communicating on defense and also Carl Anthony Towns, those guys didn't do enough, especially Russell. I mean, Towns, again, was was decent defensively to really step into that void created by the absence of Russell and Vander, or excuse me, uh, Beverly and Vanderbilt. Um, my third takeaway was Chris Finch just kind of searching for something when it came to the rotation. And obviously, I'm not saying this is a bad thing or a good thing. It obviously didn't really work in this game. But you're missing five rotation guys. You sign two guys who haven't even been in the organization, or I guess one guy who's literally not been in the organization at all, Rajon Tucker, and a guy who hasn't been in an NBA game for your team in Chris Silva. Um, and you're playing two two-way guys who were in Vegas the day prior that weren't expecting to be in Dallas for this game. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to search for some lineup combinations. That meant Balmaro started. That meant Jake Lehman, or Jalen Noel was the first guy off the bench. Jake Lehman got minutes early in the second quarter. They tried uh, Reed and Towns together for stretches in the second half. Nathan Knight played a little bit with Nas Reed as well with Towns resting. Balmaro ran some point guard. That did not go well. Jalen Noel ran some point guard. That went a little bit better, um, although he wasn't quite as good as he had been uh, the last two times out getting rotation minutes. So, uh, you know, there's some things like Balmaro at point guard doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I don't think he's shown at this point the ability to really, and he's not a point guard, period. But the ability to run an NBA offense at a high level, he just hasn't shown that. I, I don't understand why, you know, matchups be damned. I think you'd rather have Jordan McLaughlin or Jalen Noel doing that uh, if Russell's on the bench. And Russell played 36 minutes, 
But we we saw all three of those guys, Balmaro, McLaughlin, Noel, all had opportunities to run and initiate offense for the Wolves in this game. The Jake Lehman minutes were okay in the first half. They were not as good in the second half. Uh, and, you know, it's it just, there just wasn't, there was just this, four. I mean, four guys played 35 minutes or more for Minnesota. Everybody else was 24 minutes or less. The other six guys that played, and again, Finch was just searching for something. Um, and, and unfortunately didn't, didn't really ever find it again, point of attack defense, bad across the board and, uh, the rotation, I, he was searching for Balmaro. I was a little surprised. He didn't go back to Balmaro in the second half, just because the point of attack defense was so bad. Not that he was great in the first half because they gave up 34 points in the first quarter, but Balmaro, his thing is supposed to be on, on ball defense. So I was actually a little surprised he didn't get more opportunity in the second half. Um, and, uh, and then also the other the other stuff that was really, you know, the the lack of generating turnovers on Dallas and then overall shot selection and offense. Again, they shot the ball okay in general. They got to the free throw line a little bit, but some of the, I mean, D'Angelo Russell, we'll talk more about him last segment. Spoiler, I think we all know which category he'll be in of, of studs and duds after this one. He was one of 11 on threes. And at some point, D'Lo's got to recognize, hey, I don't have it tonight. Like D'Lo that has it, D'Lo that's hot, is unstoppable. He can jack threes at any point. It's not a bad shot. But when you're one for seven, one for eight, one for nine, like, hey, slow down here. Let's get Cat, who shot the ball 14 times total and just four threes. And is, by the way, three of four outside the arc in this game. Let's get him the ball in an advantageous position or even not. I mean, the only three he missed was his last attempt. And it was kind of like a, hey, I've got to shoot this when they were down, I think, six in the final couple of minutes. Uh, type of attempt. I'd rather have Cat shooting those attempts when he's had such a good game. I mean, period. I'd rather have him shooting them. But D'Lo was just cold from the field in this game. Um, and, you know, Towns should have been taking more of those shots. Malik Beasley had a good game as well. Uh, but general, the general shot selection, and, and this is mostly D'Lo, uh, but a little bit of Jalen Noel there in the second half. Uh, both of those guys are guys that are going to try and shoot, shoot their team back into the game. Um, that was not, uh, it was not, exactly how Chris Finch, I don't think, drew it up. So um, at any rate, let's get into individual studs and duds. I'm going to name three studs and I think just one dud in this game. Uh, so we'll do that here next. First, though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bulls season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive that bonus from basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of 2021 and into 22. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Let's also talk about our friends over at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar in many instances. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate, but still amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, yet high in protein. You'll get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bilt Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw it in your jacket pocket or your purse. You'll never know when you might need it. 
And if you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt just a little bit. Give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go along with it. Be sure you'll have... Be sure that you'll have a couple of napkins on hand as well. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, I know I do, you have to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you will not believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, individual studs and duds from Wolves-Mavs. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was fantastic. Um, it's not his fault. He only got 14 shots up. I thought he was appropriately aggressive in this game. He did have five turnovers, and uh, at least three of them were just really bad. Um, at one point, he just threw the ball into the stands. I, that was that was a bad turnover. He uh, had a couple bad hero-type you know, attempt passes, but overall was really good in this game. He was easily the best player on the floor for Minnesota. 26 points. On 9 of 14 shooting, 3 of 4 outside the arc. Again, his only missed 3 was kind of almost a desperation shot late in the game. Perfect 5 of 5 at the line, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks in this game. And the 5 turnovers, he was not in foul trouble, which is fantastic. He played a team high, or I'm sorry, 38 minutes, which was actually Jaden McDaniels played 39 in this game. Uh, but Cat was fantastic, especially early in the first quarter, early in the third quarter. Besides that, you got to credit the Mavs who have a good defense uh, doing a good job denying him the ball. And when he got the ball in certain positions on the floor, they were crashing. They were double teaming him Um, outside of that first really five minutes of this game. The Mavs did a great job on Towns and the Wolves didn't counter. They did not adjust and get Towns the ball, you know, at the elbows enough, which, by the way, I don't know what happened to to what has happened here where the Wolves have stopped using those horns kind of elbow extended uh looks uh in offensive and they still do it and they do it i guess less with no anthony edwards but um i i don't know i just think towns getting the ball at the elbows you know it just it makes so much more sense to, for him to get the ball kind of middle of the floor versus the mid post um versus the low post even if he's getting it out of the wings and facing up we saw a lot of success for him doing that in this game and, you know, credit opposing defenses for a strategy, but the Wolves have to adjust at some point and get cat the ball in better spots. Uh, that's just something that, that has been an issue and, and it needs to get adjusted. Another stud for me, Malik Beasley, really good in this game. Uh, he missed a couple shots early, but then it was pretty much lights out the rest of the game. 22 points on eight of 15 shooting six of 12 outside the arc. Fantastic. 50% from three, three rebounds to assist. He did have four turnovers, but, um, they did a lot of uh, a lot of dribble handoff action with him to get him some shots. They they ran him off of some pin downs, and that's I mean that's how the Wolves should be using Malik Beasley. But we just hadn't seen a lot of that so far this year. Coming off the bench, I mean Nas Reed's not as good of a screener as Carl Anthony Towns. Um, they they don't run the same sets with him coming off the bench. They ran more stuff for him in this game. I'm I'm convinced of that, and I've been clamoring for months now. Malik Beasley should be a starter when Anthony Edwards comes back. I think you still start Malik Beasley. I think he's much, much, much better running with the first unit. Even if he plays, uh, even if he comes off the bench and plays 26 minutes and 20, 20 of them are with Towns and 20 of them are with, you know, primarily starters, it's got to be a psychological thing with him. It's got to be a rhythm thing, him starting the game with the starters versus coming in cold off the bench and mixing in with the starters. As we know, some guys are just, I mean, Jamal Crawford was just better as a six man, even if he was on the floor in crunch time, right? Um, 
I'm not talking about Timberwolves, Jamal Crawford necessarily, but Jamal Crawford as a player, as a whole, um, as arguably the best six man in NBA history. I mean, some guys are just better as starters or better as bench guys. And I think Malik Beasley plays better as a starter. And of course he plays better alongside better players. And so that's another way to ensure that he does that is, is he plays off of Carl Anthony Towns and he plays off of D'Angelo Russell. Um, so all that to say, Malik was great in this game. And, uh, you know, ignore the plus minus. He had the, a team worst minus 19. He was very good. Um, this is an example of that stat being extremely noisy uh, for this game. Um, my third stud for this one, I'm going to go with Nas Reed. He was really good. Um, off the bench, 11 points, three rebounds in 18 minutes, four or six shooting. He hit three of four three-pointers. Um, and Nas had started the year so well outside the arc, had really struggled here for the last couple of weeks. Uh, especially on three-point attempts, but just in general, hadn't been playing as well as he did early in the season. And for Nas, when he plays with Towns, he has to be able to knock down open jumpers, and he did that in this game. Um, across the board, San, you know, taking Towns out of the equation, the Wolves haven't hit open jumpers from the perimeter at a league average rate or anywhere near that. Um, I mean, nobody was shooting league average just earlier this, I think, I guess before this winning streak, there wasn't a single player on the roster besides Towns that was shooting league average individually from three-point range. And Nas needs to be, if he's going to see, if he's going to force Chris Finch to put him on the floor with Towns for stretches, he has to be able to knock down open three-point attempts. He did that in this game. He was good enough in the paint. He battled with Marjanovic well enough. You know, you'd love to see him have more than three boards in 18 minutes in a game that the Wolves were out rebounded by five and uh, struggled on the glass in general. But good game from Nas, uh, most definitely. Um, I also should shout out, I, I gave Nas the, the nod uh, as a stud, but Jane McDaniels in his 39 minutes, he had some defensive issues. And I think there's been some lapses on that end and, and um, some technique issues for McDaniels this year. But he had 11 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals in 39 minutes. And for the most part, I mean, he really stayed out of foul trouble. So he deserves a shout out. It was a good game from Jaden McDaniels. Duds for this game, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Don't have to think twice about that one. If you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. 14 points, 12 assists. Looks nice. But uh, he made just four shots on 18 attempts. One of 11 outside the arc. Just one rebound in this game. Committed three turnovers. Not a good D-low game. Um, had a couple of nice moves, uh, nice plays going to the basket at a three-point play right before halftime, I think it was, which was great. Um, but this, as I said earlier, he's just got to know um, and have a better feel for like, hey, I don't have it tonight. I'm not just going to jack up a bunch of three-pointers as we're trying to play catch up here. You know, no Anthony Edwards. If Anthony Edwards, and, and I've complimented Russell since he came back from the ankle injury a little over a week ago, uh, that he has had good feel for, hey, Ant's having a big night or Ant is going to, you know, do his thing. I'll stay over here and I'll score 18 on, you know, 14 shots or whatever. That's great. And I don't know if it's because there was no Anthony Edwards. I mean, obviously it worked out okay the other night against Dallas on Sunday, but I don't know if it's because Dela was pressing with no Ant or pressing because they fell behind or what happened, but the the feel wasn't there for Dela in this game. He just did not do the things that we've come to expect over the past couple of weeks. This was much more like uh, late October D'Angelo Russell that we saw a couple months ago towards the start of the season than it, than it was mid-December D'Angelo Russell that we've come to know and love over the past couple of weeks. So tough game for D'Lo to be sure. Um Already talked about the rotation, you know, kind of talked around some of the guys that just had okay performances. I liked Nathan Knight's game, not a sexy line by any means, but four rebounds in 13 minutes in a block. He played well. He was actually uh, one of only two Timberwolves players, or I guess three Timberwolves players with a positive plus minus and easily had the best one with a plus eight. Uh, but this was also just a weird game for plus minus because of all the, all the runs and the times that they happened. It just, 
it was just a very odd uh, game in general. So the Wolves lose. They uh, they lose their. Uh, they now fall half game behind Dallas. They're back into ninth in the Western Conference. They the four game winning streak is snapped. They go to Utah to take on the Jazz on Thursday, and then a three day off. Uh, three days off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. They don't play again until next Monday, the twenty seventh, at home against the Boston Celtics. So uh, a nice little break here after Thursday's game. Well, of course, on Thursday, we'll preview Wolves Jazz. We've, we've only seen the Jazz once this season, and it was uh, only, what, a little over a week ago, a week and a half ago, I guess. Um, and it, that did not turn out well for the Wolves. But we'll preview Wolves Jazz. We'll talk about uh, you know what type of rotation tweaks the Wolves might have upcoming on Thursday. Hopefully, a couple of these guys that are on the health and safety protocols list will come back here sooner rather than later. And perhaps there's even a chance that they come back on Thursday. So we'll break it all down on Thursday's show. And then, of course, had the postgame pod following that uh, on Friday. So that's all we have for today. Thank you to those of you that do subscribe and uh, make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show's free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube um, and, and also all the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, CK. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Wolves, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.